I know this is going to sound strange, but can you be bummed out and actually be grateful for it? I know that sounds counterintuitive and really kind of odd, but that's my question that I at least try to answer several times a week, really. That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Well, I can tell you that I am grateful right off the top for not getting blown away into the next county. And I am grateful for the fact that our house, including our domicile and, of course, the area of the house that I use for all of uh, the business dealings, did not lose power. So for those things, I am grateful. Matthew here. Welcome aboard to another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast, the podcast that is designed, and I need to remind myself of this each time I upload a new episode because it really helps me to focus in on the rationale behind doing this podcast. And that rationale is this to try to find ways to acknowledge our gratitude, to acknowledge my gratitude for the things that I've been given, for the things that I've been afforded, for the instances where my life has been beneficial to other people, and for all those things and many more things that I'm sure that I've not been able to list or think of, I think that's the really the reason for this podcast, to highlight and spotlight ways for us to be grateful. But I guess in a strange way, it's kind of self-serving because I have to admit while doing this podcast, in the process of producing the content for this podcast, that sometimes things that I never really knew that I was grateful for all of a sudden emerge. And I'm like, wow, you know, I guess I really never thought about it. Now that I say it out loud, that is really kind of interesting. And I really need to be more grateful for that. So for those things, I'm grateful. And the fact that you bother to install these episodes on your device or you listen from Podbean or whatever platform you choose, that you too are in some way concerned about making sure that you highlight and spotlight the things that you can be grateful for. So for that, I appreciate that. And that's really the purpose of this podcast. And if you're a podcast listener, I guess I would consider myself a podcast listener. I mean, I have certain podcasts that I subscribe to. I'm on the Android platform, so I use Google Podcasts, and there are seven or eight podcasts that I'm subscribed to. My problem, as I'm sure is a problem with everybody, that we have limited time. And sometimes these podcasts can be quite lengthy. And honestly, I don't know that I have had ample time to jump into all of the latest episodes. So for some of the podcasts that I follow, 
whether they be sports-related podcasts or beer-related podcasts. As you know, I'm a huge craft beer fan. I'm going to have big news about craft beer here in a little while that uh, I will share with you over the coming weeks, which could really put a dent in my craft beer podcast listening. And just some other areas of interest of mine, I'm behind in episodes and do primarily just because time gets away from us. And so when I have a few extra minutes to listen to a podcast, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you. Yeah, we had some really wicked storms come through last night. Nothing like people in the South. If you listen to this podcast, you know that we're situated in the northeast end of the state of Ohio, and we're in the eastern time zone, and we have relatives who and friends who are in the south, our granddaughter in particular, who was in Birmingham, Alabama, and she has had really the second round of some fairly severe storms, and we had lots of wind. That wind kept me up last night. The wind was predicted to come through at around two in the morning, and I'll tell you, some of these meteorologists, man, they are really on point. They're right on top of it. Because I woke up briefly, I looked at the clock, it was around 3.30, and I heard some gusting going on, and then right around 5.30 or 5.45 is when it really kicked in, and I woke up, and a lot of times I wake up because I have to go to the bathroom, and I'm old, and uh, you know, that, <laughs> that happens at least once a night, but I was kind of, like the bed was kind of warm, and I didn't really want to get out of the bed, I was grateful for that warm bed. And but I knew I had to urinate. And so I got up. But when I got back into bed, the wind had really picked up and it kept me awake the whole time. I mean, I really didn't go back to sleep. So I'm feeling kind of, you know, that feeling when you just feel run down. And I had a similar episode the night before last. So it's really now two nights in a row where I've had really less than optimal sleep. And I'm kind of feeling my oats. But I'm very grateful that we did not lose power because losing power for a person who depends on electricity like me, especially doing the things that I do here in the comfy confines of the basement layer, this is very, very critical and very, very crucial. There's been... I guess, for want of a better word, a movement lately for people to talk about their mental health and for people to share the contents of their mental health journey. And this is not the podcast necessarily for me to do that, but I do say, really, without any hesitation, that I have suffered from depression for a long time. And without going into all the minutiae of the journey, uh, my journey or anybody else's journey, you know, depression takes its form and its shape in, in many different ways. And really, I was in touch with this depression really early in my life and really as early as high school, where I just felt an overall kind of numbness uh, from time to time, almost as if nothing mattered. And I recall telling that to somebody who I worked with, that they had mentioned about the fact that 
they had a relative who was just kind of down in the dumps. And I said, you know, I really get that. I, I really feel that. And that person said, well, what do you mean? And as I tried to verbalize it, I really couldn't find the words to express it. And this was probably as early as my sophomore or junior year of high school because I was working at the grocery market at the time. And I remember walking home thinking, uh, why was it that I liked gloomy days? Why was it that I liked overcast days? Why did I enjoy being by myself seemingly more than I did being around other people? And when I was around other people, why did I feel inferior? And it wasn't really my inclination to go to a therapist and talk about this because I didn't really know what a therapist was. I didn't really know what a therapist did. And I just felt like, well, if it's not something that I don't talk about in the confessional with the parish priest, then I guess I'm just going to chalk it up to that's the way I am. And so my encounter with depression really happened at a fairly early age for me, or at least as early an age where I could detect that something was not completely right. Later on, well after college, I actually sought out some help for depression. And throughout the years, I have spoken to several different people about depression. and. I think that I seem to have an aptitude towards wanting to be more alone than being with people. Now, it was explained to me by one of the many therapists that I encountered over the past decades that that didn't necessarily mean that you were depressed it did seem to point the depressed person in that direction, but it didn't necessarily mean that because you favored being more by yourself that you were depressed. Now, this was really a revelation for me because I had automatically assumed that that was the case. The other thing that was an automatic revelation for me was the fact that I was involved in an industry which, for the most part, demanded that you be out amongst people. And I spent over 30 years as a disc jockey and as a radio broadcaster. And much of those early years, those early 10, 11, 12 years before I became much more interested in writing and producing commercial and promo content sort of behind the scenes, I was out there amongst the people. I mean, I was doing a show and I was live on the air and one of the things that was expected of you to, and one of the things that was expected of you as a radio broadcaster, especially in those positions, was to go to live events. And I recall early in my career working for a station in Mansfield, Ohio, that I would literally shake when I knew that on Saturday afternoon, I had to show up at the car dealership from two to four and I had to greet people and I had to sometimes, I know it sounds funny, sign autographs and I had to be sort of the life of the party in addition to broadcasting live on the radio. 
And I recall sometimes driving down there on Saturday morning, getting ready to set up, quite literally shaking, quite literally feeling nausea. And it wasn't so much the nervousness of being in front of the people, it was the fact that my preference was not to be around them. And I couldn't put those two and two equations together. None of these things made sense. And so my encounters with feeling a depressed state, feeling a kind of numbness, feeling sort of like things didn't matter. And this worried me. And this drove me to talk to several different people. And one of the things that's always brought up amongst these therapists, one thing they eventually get around to is how suicidal are you? Like, do you ever think about it? Like, would you ever go in that direction? And I easily talked about the fact that it would seem completely plausible for me to go in that direction. Not that I would want to or plan to do it, but I almost felt like, well, yeah, I mean, sure. Don't all depressed people sometimes think about offing themselves? I mean, it wasn't a totally out of the blue, out from left field question. I certainly had thought about thinking about it, not thinking about doing it, but thinking about the fact that it certainly wasn't outside of the realm of possibility. And it wasn't necessarily based on an incident or a situation, but it was more based on the fact that there were times throughout my life where life simply didn't seem worth the trouble. Things that are worth the trouble involve having feelings about something. And I, at various points throughout my life, have felt nothing. There were therapists in the past who have prescribed medication for me, and I've really quite honestly had just about every depression and anxiety medication that you could possibly have. I've pretty much tried all of the main players, and all of the main players at some point have side effects that are really so much to bear that it's just better not to take the medication and just deal with the numbness and just not have to deal with all the other things, the fatigue, the dizziness, the lack of sexual appetite, although I don't have to worry too much about that anymore, uh, just a whole host of other things. And I've always thought that I felt a weaker person because I required something synthetic to have me get through my day. Like, why couldn't I just laugh more? Why couldn't I just hang around with people who were just in better moods? I mean, couldn't I read a self-help book that would propel me in a certain direction that would just get me out of this? And I've thought to myself, yeah, you know, that's the ticket right there. I'll just go ahead and do that. And sometimes I would manufacture these incidents for myself and I would say to myself that I felt better and that I feel better. And I know that really it was as synthetic as taking Paxil. 
and that it just wasn't working. Lately, I've been chatting with someone regarding my depression, and it was after talking to someone from the Alzheimer's Association about my situation, our situation, a very nice person named Karen who checks in with me occasionally to ask me how I'm doing and how Donna is doing and how we're doing. But her phone calls primarily are to me. She's concerned about how I'm doing as a caregiver because, in her words, And in the words of other people affiliated with the association, the caregivers sometimes get lost in the shadows. And they're the ones who sometimes require some extra assistance. And I did share with her the fact that I do feel this kind of wave of depression that sometimes grabs hold of me. And her response was, well, What we've come to realize and understand is that people who are caregivers are sometimes already experiencing grief, and they're grieving over the fact that their loved one may not be the same person that they once knew, and they're grieving because they're dealing with decay in real time. And they're witnessing this, and they feel powerless to stop it. And when she said that, really, I was grateful for it. Because she put into words a lot of things that I felt and a lot of things that I feel and was really unable to verbalize with myself. I couldn't. You know, two plus two equals something. I couldn't get the right answer as to what I was feeling. And when she told me that, it was almost like, well, it was a catharsis, I guess. And I remember hanging up the phone thinking, you know what? I'm really grateful (laughs) for this wave of depression that I'm feeling because I would never have been able to arrive at that conclusion about grief on my own, by myself. Even though this is becoming a trend where people are talking at length now about mental health, I'm grateful that these people are speaking out about it and sharing their personal journeys. Because in lots of ways, their journeys are very similar to my journey the journey of not being able to completely understand what it is you're feeling and the journey that eventually brings you sort of face to face with something that you have to deal with maybe without the use of some synthetic drug and sometimes maybe even without the benefit of a self-help book. So, I have been talking to someone about this, a professional. I go in with eyes wide open because it's been my experience, and I shared it with this person right at the top of our first session, that I've really never derived much from talking to someone. Better put, 
I realized the value of being able to express myself and having the focus on me for that period of time. What I've never really gained from any of those conversations is a solution. And I think we go in wanting a solution. When we take our car in because we hear that rattle, that thing that's going on when we press the brakes, we want to leave with that car no longer feeling that. If I have an electronic unit similar to the one I'm staring at that before wasn't working, well, I'm going to put it in a box and I'm going to ship it away and I'm going to hope that they're going to be able to repair it so that I don't have to purchase a new one. And when you get it back, all remnants of its wacky and odd behavior are gone and now it's acting the way it should be. We want those kinds of solutions and those kinds of situations. In the world of depression, yeah, we do want a solution. But in my experience, in many times, there's really not going to be a magic answer. There's really not going to be a magic response. There's really not going to be a moment of instant enlightenment where you all of a sudden have the answer to this problem that's been plaguing you. You know, like that scene in one of my favorite movies, Ordinary People, where Timothy Hutton just all of a sudden has this, this revelation and, and, it's, and it's spurned on by Judd Hirsch, his analyst, and, and all of a sudden he realizes why he's been feeling this whole way, this whole time. And yes, it makes for great Hollywood endings and it's unbelievably good and I've watched it probably dozens and dozens and dozens of times. But my experience in therapy situations is it's simply not that. So I'm grateful for not having those unrealistic expectations. Because while I would love for this person to give me something that nobody has ever given me, someone who's going to have this magical insight that nobody has ever had before, I realize that that's really never going to happen. The magic is going to happen when I, one, am grateful that somebody is allowing me to vent, that someone is allowing me to talk at length about myself, not necessarily without any need to have a response to solve my issue. Someone who is detached, as my friend Ginny likes to say, from the situation. And really, I'm grateful for that. And two, that the honesty that I hope that I'm sharing with this person is the same honesty that other people I know at the very same time are also experiencing. Almost like I'm a part of a collective of people who are also being honest with themselves. I have gratitude for that. I'm grateful for that. And I think that having realistic expectations about why you feel the way you do is really the starting point for becoming more accepting 
of who you are and where you're at. And I think that was a big jump for me. It was a it was an enormous chasm to leap over because I want to deal with my depression knowing that I'm not necessarily looking for an answer from someone else, but hopefully, eventually, some semblance of an answer will come from within and that I'll be better able to accept where I'm at with my depression and be better able to go forward in my life immersed in it. And that hopefully I don't off myself. So, I mean, obviously, nobody wants that to happen. I certainly don't wish that on anybody else. I don't know how to deal with depression. I mean, I know that diving into seven or eight double IPAs is really not the answer. And trying to fake my way through it is really not the answer. I do believe, though, that being honest with oneself is the best starting point. Where that takes you from there, I'm not really sure how to counsel you on that. I'm not a counselor. What I am is just another guy who kind of floats through the ozone trying to deal with the things that I have to deal with and trying to encounter the things that I have to encounter and hopefully dealing with those things in the best way possible. One thing I will say, though, is that if you're downloading this podcast and you experience depression or are experiencing depression, I would say that it may be the best starting point to find somebody who will simply allow you to talk about yourself. Hopefully, that session, whether it's with a professional or whether it's a friend or a parish priest or whomever that might be, that session focuses entirely on you, allowing you to talk about you. So that somewhere in that dialogue that you have with that person, where you're really having the dialogue about yourself and to yourself, that maybe it leans you in the direction of trying to understand what possibly could be an answer. And that you go in with eyes wide open. That's what I hope for you. And for those people who have given me the opportunity to talk about myself and trying to deal with this sometimes gradual, sometimes minimal, sometimes all-encompassing numbness that I feel, an overwhelming sense of dread, an overwhelming sense of darkness, that these people giving me the opportunity to simply talk about myself, I'm grateful for that starting point. And hopefully 
you find that starting point for yourself. While I enjoy beer, I know it's not the solution. While I enjoy reading a good book, I know it's not really the solution. And sometimes while I just enjoy cranking up loud music through headphones, that's not really the solution either. I would say that weather's not necessarily the solution, but I am grateful for the fact that tomorrow is going to be sunny and 70 degrees. In fact, the last several weekends, even though they've been really cold, we've had these amazingly sunny days for Northeast Ohio. And I remember it's like the third Sunday evening in a row now where I've remarked to Donna, haven't we had the most amazing weekend weather, even though it's been chilly and cold? I mean, really, blue skies, no clouds. And hopefully, tomorrow will be a similar day. It's just that the temperatures are supposed to be above 70. So while weather is not really the panacea for everything, oh man, it certainly feels good, doesn't it? And everybody's remarking about that. Doesn't the sunny weather just make everybody feel like they're in a good mood? Hey, you know what? I'll take that over snow any day, even if it doesn't really work, okay? Even if it's not the be-all and end-all solution to anybody's depression, I'll take sunny and 70 any day of the week. Until then, we are mere days away from the start of the baseball season. And we are hopefully moving ever slowly out of winter. My snow shovel sits leaned against the front door. I have a duplicate snow shovel leaning against the back door on the back deck. I'm hoping that maybe since we're approaching Easter that I can put those shovels away. And that alone puts me in at least temporary good mood. <laughs> And a good mood knowing that I am grateful for you downloading yet another episode of this, the Gratitude Journal Podcast.